Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. I am joined, as always, by the fantastic, the fabulous Scott Merkin. Merk, uh, you had a crazy week, man. Since we last spoke, uh, all the Adam LaRoche stuff blew up since the time uh, we did our last podcast, and I know uh, I'm sure you're kind of mentally over it by now, but um, where, where are things now with that? Obviously, it, it's something that everybody's trying to move on from, I'd assume. Yeah, first of all, it kind of took the spotlight off my birthday, which was Friday, so that kind of <laughs> no, it, You know, it, it, it really is behind them now. Be, be, even without, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf's statement that came out, I guess it was Saturday, was it? Um, you know, it, it's pretty much a done deal that they've moved on adam laroche made his decision the white Sox made their request and now it's back to baseball and that's what they're focused on yeah um but how about from your perspective just as a reporter though i mean that that had to be uh, i don't know if it was the craziest thing uh you've ever covered but it, it had to be in the conversation i would imagine well you know i mean i, I covered the ozzy kenny situation for a couple of years right. and that always had some interesting twists and turns but yeah, it really it really was bizarre. And the, the person I feel bad for is Drake LaRoche, who, as right. has been said a thousand times now, is a great 14-year-old kid, a respectful kid, a polite kid. He wasn't sitting in the clubhouse with his feet up on the furniture asking the clubbies to, or players to go get him drinks or turn the TV to a show he wanted to watch. He helped out when he was out there. You know, he helped out in certain drills. He helped out with you know in the clubhouse. So let's make that clear that, I think the fact that there might have been, and we still don't know for a fact, something said by someone, it wasn't a complaint about him. I think it was just a, a, a request to maybe, I don't want to say, even focus more on baseball. But, but understand that, that this has nothing to do with Drake as a person. And even Kenny Williams, I shouldn't say even, Kenny Williams made that point very clear right from the get-go. Yeah. Right when I talked to him last Wednesday, I guess it was, at you know, he said this is not personal at all, especially in terms of Drake. So you feel bad. I mean, now he did get some attention last year, you know, in stories about their relationship and him being in the clubhouse. But, you know, you don't want anyone, let alone a teenager, to go through this kind of international media attention, really. Yeah, it, it kind of became bigger than baseball. You know, it was a story oh, that, sure. that branched out into other areas. And um, Actually, a story, a story I can share real quick uh, on my yeah. Facebook page, my, my personal one, 
I never look at the other messages, you know, the messages you get from people who aren't your Facebook friends. And I happened to be clearing that out the other day, and I saw a request from the number one radio station in Melbourne, Australia, to come on and talk about Craig LaRoche and Adam LaRoche and the White Sox. I missed that request. I didn't get to do it. But that, that's how far-ranging this topic went. You should have agreed to that interview only on the condition that they fly you out to Australia and do it in person. <laughs> that's how I would have approached that one. Uh, I would have yeah, yeah. when the Eagles were on tour there. <laughs> you definitely uh, do feel for the kid, though, because he kind of became representative of, of, of something bigger than, than just himself. And uh, obviously there's a lot of conversation in the game. You know, how much is too much when it, when it comes to kids in the clubhouse? Oh, that, that, for me, Burke, is, is the bottom line. Like, I, if anybody did uh, kind of, you know, I don't know if complain is the right word, but, but getting Kenny Williams' uh, ear behind the scenes, I totally get it because that's a lot uh, to, to have a, a child in the clubhouse. I totally understand that. Um, but at the same time, that, that's still a valuable part of baseball if it is on a, a restricted basis. Um, you know, these guys are have, able to have their kids with them. Well, let's make a couple quick points. I mean, you know, people have asked me in the myriad interviews I've done on this topic about why wasn't he at school, why was he in the clubhouse. Well, bottom line for me is that's none of my business. Anna LaRoche never walked up to me and said, hey, you know, I'd like to find out um, I'd like to find out what you think about my family schooling. You know, that's their choice. That's totally up to what they, you know, want to do. So I don't I don't believe that makes an issue, makes a difference one way or the other. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a weird thing because there's some the timing is weird. What kind of agreement was there? It was not in the contract, but was there a serious handshake agreement with that? You know, is there with him being there all last year? Is there almost kind of an implied contract? There's so many issues that you know haven't been answered. But I think it's it's a done deal. And now you know the topic is the Sox do have the players to kind of fill that gap. And Adam did not have a good year last year. Obviously, that's been talked about quite a bit. They also now have $13 million to put into the coffers yeah. to improve either pitching or offensively. Yeah, I mean, that was my next uh, my next question for you there because it, it is uh, probably the, the biggest repercussion to come out of this is, is that financial wiggle room. It's a good thing to have, let's be honest. Uh, it, it might not be something that, that happens immediately or impacts them immediately, but, you know, we say it all the time in this game, it, it's the teams that have flexibility – that uh, you know are in the best position, and you get to the trade deadline. Uh, if you're in a team, if you're a team with wiggle room in your budget, you're kind of ahead of the game. Absolutely, and I mean, you know, you even look at a guy like um, just an example. I'm not saying this is who they're going after, but a guy like Jay Bruce, who maybe if you pick up more of the contract that he has left, which you possibly can now, you give up less of a prospect that you know to get to get him that kind of thing. But I really do think offensively, at least this is what it seems to me. That with you know the lineup of Cabrera, Jackson, Garcia, and Eaton, that you have your three outfielders, and you have you know a guy, someone you can rotate in a DH spot. And I'm guessing it's going to be rotated between Melky, Adam Eaton, and obviously Garcia with Austin Jackson playing regularly in center now. And also you know you have some guys who can fill in that last spot. You can go with Carlos Sanchez, have another utility guy. You know Todd Frazier can play first. Avila can play first. And remember uh, Jose Abreu likes to play first base. So it's not like you need a guy who's going to play 70 games per base. You need someone who can, someone or some players who can fill in 25, you know, 30 games at first base. Jerry Sanders had a very good camp, and he's played first base quite a bit during Cactus League. So Travis Ishikawa is in camp as a non-roster invite. You know, he's done this before. He could be that left-handed hitter off the bench. But And there's a very slim chance they could take 13 pitchers because of the fact that 
they, they have one off day in April, which is kind of stunning to me. And that's really the, the built-in day after the Minnesota Twins home opener weather-wise. You know? So that's their off day in April. Maybe they decide at least for a few weeks they need an eighth reliever, and they go in that direction You know, with you know, uh, the fourth and fifth starters not certain what, what's, what they're going to get out of there. So there are definitely options for them to turn to. And like you said, Anthony, they now have flexibility to make that move if they need to. All right. Well, I'm glad we uh, tied a bow on, on that mess and uh, glad the White Sox are putting it behind them. Obviously, uh, the guy who was the most vocal about it was Chris Sale, and uh, he had a chance to put it behind him immediately with his, his first Cactus League outing, uh, uh, just as all that stuff was, I don't know, dying down at the right term, because <laughs> in some corners it probably still hasn't died down. But um, but uh, Sale getting on the mound uh, had to be important for him uh, in, in the midst of all that. Um, what, what's he working on here these last couple of weeks, and, and what's his focus level? Well, to make a quick point on sale and, and people who have followed him, you know, I, I was talking to Zach Putnam the other day, and he said one of the things that kind of separates sale from other guys with just great stuff is that fiery competitiveness. And I yeah. think Chris has kind of embraced that role now as a leader. He doesn't like being called face of the franchise because he, he said he worked every five days, so it's hard to say that. But, you know, he's a leader. He did that in, in, a, in a very positive way in taking Carson Fulmer, who's had a great camp under his wing during the offseason, playing golf with him, having dinner with him. They're both Florida natives. And I don't know if I would say a negative way, but he spoke his mind. And he spoke his mind before. He wouldn't be a starting pitcher if he didn't speak his mind to Kenny Williams, close to, you know, offending Kenny Williams back in 2012 when he had yeah. the arm problems and they put him back in the rotation. He, you know, even Robin said they've gone at it a couple of times. The good thing about Chris is he speaks his mind and he's able to put it behind him and move on. So, you know, Chris is pretty much ready to go. You know, they, they – didn't use him against Oakland. They didn't use him against division rivals during spring training. They you know, kind of brought him along slowly on the backfields in the B games. But he's going back out there, Texas League action in a couple of days. And, you know, he'll be fine to go. He'll be a great opening day matchup in Oakland that Monday night, Sonny Gray and Chris Sale. And, you know, Chris is stepping up. Chris knows at this point where he stands in the organization. And I think he's, you know, making his presence felt in that way. Great sale. Yeah, you can't ask uh, more than that. On opening night. Um, all right, I see Adam Eaton is finally playing in the outfield. That's, uh, that's yes. a great development coming off the shoulder surgery. How's he look? He's done fine so far, and he's played left and right, and, you know, he's going to move all over out there. I think he'll play less center than last year. Well, I mean, I know he'll play less center, but I think not much center at all with Austin Jackson out there. But there'll be times when Jackson rests and they put Eaton in center, but he's ready to go. You know, he's He's played out the corner outfield spots before in the Diamondbacks organization in college, so he can handle it. And, you know, they talked about I heard pretty early on that March 23rd was the target date for this throwing program to put him out in the outfield, and he actually got out there before then. So it's a good thing for Eaton. You know, he's kind of an X factor, kind of a key guy in that lineup. He kind of makes things go, so it's good to have him. You know, he was ready offensively. He was hitting right from the jump and, and actively play. But now you have him also out there defensively ready to play. And, uh, Mark, you mentioned Carson Fulmer's spring has been very strong. Obviously, this guy is not in the opening day picture, but um, is, it, is it looking like he could be a viable option quite quickly? Yeah, you know, some people are even pushing that he could break camp with the team. I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think they want to get him some innings and that kind of thing in the minor league. You know, he's, he hasn't pitched above Winston-Salem, which is the Carolina league. But, I, you know, I really think Rick Hahn, general manager, talked at SoxFest in late January about that if Carson Fulmer – got here at the beginning of 2017 and not to Arizona, but to the White Sox, that he'd be ahead of schedule. 
and I, I think he's going to be ahead of schedule. I, Don Cooper said the other day that he sees no reason why he won't be able to help this year, and it may be following the same path as Rodon and the same path as Sale. He may come up in May or June as a reliever a couple of times out of the bullpen and then, you know, maybe getting into that starting rotation. So he's, he's very impressive. He's very impressive just how he carries himself, just how he listens. You know, he's like they say about kids, or at least my parents used to say this to me, He's seen but not heard unless we ask him questions. You know, he's 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 watching Don Dangs, he's watching Chris Sale, he's watching Jose Quintana. Even though they're all lefties, he's just picking up, you know, the veteran mindset. And it has been tremendous, you know, and he's and he's three of his games have been against the Kansas City Royals, so you don't get much higher talent than defending World Series champion. All right. Well, good. Luckily for us, Scott Merkin is still allowed in the White Sox clubhouse, and he's on top of things out there in Glendale, Arizona. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.